One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, where the podcast that generates biography using musical memories. We take sonic experiences buried in the brain and bring forth our guests' personalities and personal histories. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. My guest today is Kate Scales. She's a recent addition to the Southwest Florida music scene, but one that's pretty much taken it by storm. Born and raised in a small town called Lidditz, Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half outside of Philadelphia. Kate has a bachelor's degree in theater arts from Kutztown University which is a tiny farming town about an hour down the road from Lidditz. She went on to live in Philly for a few years after graduating, working in theaters before moving to Florida in 2015. She started pursuing a career in music full-time in the summer of 2017 and released her first EP called Ready For Me in April of this year. And she's been writing new tunes and hopes to be back in the studio before the end of the year. I met Kate recently when she performed on Gulf Coast Live, the making of which is my day job, but this will be our first chat. Let's go. Hey there, Kate. Nice to see you again or meet you or whichever it is. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Yes, I'm glad to be back. Um, where is your few, uh, your earliest musical memory? What is it? Uh, singing Love Shack on the back porch into one of those plastic echo mics that the kids toy for all my parents' friends and my parents. How were you exposed to Love Shack? <laughs> my father. My father and mother, for sure. Oh, super musical household. Um, my dad was a DJ, okay. so that helped too. Um, uh, what was being played around the house? How was music, like what was the musical background of your childhood? Beatles, Bruce Springsteen, even though I don't, I don't really dig Bruce, but that's okay. A lot of Bruce. My mom loves Bruce. Uh, Joe Jackson. My father's a huge Joe Jackson fan. Um, and then Ani DeFranco. Too, as I got older. Yeah, Ani DeFranco. Was there a, a d- divergence between your folks' um, musical stylings? Yes. I think they both they both uh, enjoyed each other's genres. But, yeah, I would say, like, my mom was more of, like, a Joni Mitchell type, where my dad was, on the other hand, like, you know, maybe, let's see. Well, Beatles, I already said. But, uh Oh, sorry, I'm blanking. Sorry. That's okay. Was <laughs> Thank the, God we can edit this. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not editing that. Editing that. Um, was was there some hippie in your folks? You were on the East Coast. No, so no. I mean, not, Tony Mitchell. No, not really you know. hippies. My parents were just very open-minded folks. They were friends with everyone, um, any any type of person. I was I was raised in a really open household, um, but they weren't hippies. They were just cool people. Just really cool, open-minded folks. What was the uh, music? um, How was the music being played around your house? Oh, parties. So, you know, my parents always were entertaining. My mom, major, major entertainer, always having people over cooking food. Um, So, you know, always rather than the TV, no, there wouldn't be a TV on. It was always music being played through our little stereo in this old apartment in Lancaster City. I can remember and then we moved to Lidditz and we got like a cool entertainment center. And I remember even like in that house getting my first boom box and like being able to take my music into my own room. Uh-huh. That was a pretty big deal. Like what, that was a huge deal. What was the first music that you owned that you could play in that boom box? No doubt. Tragic oh, Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. 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 No doubt still part of your uh, your selections today? Yes. Got yes. It. Huge inspiration for me too. When did you start uh, making music or learning to play music or where did that start as you now that you're a full time? 
full-time pursuing career musician, where did it start? So I would say that I probably started with choir singing. Singing definitely came first. Choir in school, choir in church. And then I, I tried to play the cello for two years. Didn't didn't go great. Uh, I get frustrated easily. When I can't master something immediately, I want nothing to do with it. I've grown uh, out of that a little bit as I've gotten older. I was going to say, I was going to call you out on that. Bit. I've grown out of that, but as a child, I, I, I got so frustrated so quick. So that happened with cello. That happened with piano. And then a couple years later, I started picking up the guitar and stuck with that for a couple of years. Um, did open mics as a kid when I was like 14, 15 years old. Um, had a band in high school. It was a, it was a little duo band. What were band. they called? That was the Cat's Pajamas. The Cat's Pajamas. The Cat's Pajamas. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of put the guitar down as I pursued my theater uh, career in, in college and didn't really pick the guitar back up until last year when I started writing music and I figured out, like, I can't just sing into my phone. I need to be able to accompany myself. When you were doing choir as a young child, were you um, naturally um, gifted at singing? You know, could you keep it on the rails even as a kid? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's what I'm really lucky to have uh, – such a good ear. I have an excellent ear. So I'm, I'm one of those people who I can't really read music, but I can hear hear it perfectly and find it on a guitar. Like I'll sing a note and then I find it. That's that's how I write music. And that's kind of how I learn as well. So what was the first song that you wrote? Snakeskin Mama. I think I know that from you Gold know Coast that Live. Song. You know, there is funny. I, I came across <laughs> an old guitar book and there was this I want to say it was a poem, but it, there was a song in it that I do slightly remember having chords to as a kid, but I, it doesn't count. That doesn't count. Um, w w how often did you go into Philly as a kid? Um, Pretty often because that's where all of the concerts were. You know, that's where all the big shows came. Mm -hmm. You know, the big shows come into town. It's in Philly. So um, my parents would take me to, to the Tower, to the Tower Theater, uh, the Keswick Theater. Um, I've been to, then, of course, you know, the stadiums. They've all changed names. Wells Fargo Center is now whatever well, center. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, yeah, um, that was – I was lucky to be able to go and see big shows. My parents always took me to see shows. So they, they exposed you to good, they did. good big yeah. – the whole deal. Yeah, I mean, the, I was seeing, like, Fleetwood Mac you know, on their, like, reunion tour as a kid. You know, it's stuff like that. Um, I've seen – um, I've seen Van Halen. Uh, it was loud. I remember I was like a little it's young loud. for that. I came home <laughs> with such a headache. I was like, what has just happened to me? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. My parents took me to see shows all the time. Can you remember the first time that you got to go to Philly with your friends uh, with Freedom, uh, you know, at the wheel? Yes. Folks list. Yes. yes, I do. it. I was like 14 years old and they took us to the, my mom. I, God bless her. Dropped us off at the Trocadero Theater in Philadelphia. Um and I'm pretty sure one of the other girls that I was with, her father, was then the one who who waited and, and took us home that evening. Um, we saw four different bands. Three of them escaped my mind. But the one band that we were there to see was the Ataris, mm. punk rock, mm. or so I thought. So, so you 14 in Philly, seeing <laughs> yeah. 
the you so, so you thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what yeah. does that mean? I don't know. Like when I listen to them now, like I guess they're punk rock. But I don't you know. know the Atari, so I don't. Yeah, it's, it's it's fine. Me. It's, it's fine. fine. Don't worry about that. So <laughs> so you went to school. You were, you lived in a small town. You went to school in an even smaller town mm-hmm. or about the same size town. About what was your college size. experience like? And what was your like? What was your groove when it came to theater? Were you front stage? Were you backstage? Were you both? Well, what was nice about this program at Kutztown is it was it was both. So you would audition for roles. If you didn't get cast, then you need to turn around and you're going to be on crew somehow. So you're either going to do run crew or lighting or sound or whatever, whatever it be. So I was mostly on the stage, of course. Um, We did two main stage shows every semester. So I would usually be on the stage for one backstage for the other. And that's that's typically how it went. And then the second semester, same thing. I would either be in one or whatever. So it was nice. I got to do a lot. Favorite show you ever did? Favorite role you ever had? I would say Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Was that like your plan? Like, I'm going to be on Broadway? Yeah. And we are about to get serious. No, we're about to get super serious right now. Okay, so here's what happened. So I'm in college, right? Like, trudging forward. I'm going to be on Broadway. I'm going to be this big dancing, singing star, triple threat. Watch me go. And then... I fall asleep at the wheel on my way to my job as a 21-year-old kid, and I'm in a wheelchair for like five months, and it just totally derails my entire life, and that's what happened. So, <laughs> Wow. I know. So it's not— It seems like it turned out okay. Yeah, and that's why I, I feel like I may have like too lightly talked about that, but it's such a part of my past now that yeah. it was like nine years ago. That was nine years ago, and it it held me back. All this time, all this time, yeah, I was it, just, it just scared. Really just, I'm like, oh, but I can't, but I can't. Well, you know, so what? it affected your psyche, your personality. Completely. It was like, oh, well, I can't wear high heels anymore. And all the girls on Broadway, they wear high heels, and I can't do, you know. And it was just this like, this terrible cycle where I was just like burying myself in my own misery like you're not ever going to be good enough and that's and now you're the and phoenix and now look and I ro- I rose from the ashes <laughs> <laughs> so let's now pivot to your first song yeah, okay. uh, Ben Folds 5 mm-hmm. uh, why do you want to tell the story let's tell the story afterwards okay mm-hmm well, then we're going to play it right now. This is um, Fair, correct? Yes. By Ben Folds 5 from their 1997 album, Whatever and Ever Amen. You're listening to Three Song Stories. I think you uh, win so far for having fun during the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one of those tunes. Oh, man. So story, connected <clears throat> to a story. Okay, so this... This whole record, number one, one of my favorites of all time, but this song in particular, the the sarcasm and like the dark story that's hidden within these happy notes blew my mind as a kid. And this song was like about like, I don't know, for me, it's like cynical love. And when I started like dating boys and like thinking I knew what love was about when I was like, you know, a little teenager, like middle school, high school. Anytime, you know, like we would break up or whatever, this was my song. Um, like I would come back and just be like, let me blast song. Ben Folds fair just over and over. You know, like this was like my comfort song. Like, well, you know what? I don't need you anyway. You know, but the second verse in this in this song, the, the lyrics are just are so sad. And like for some reason, they, they oh that they like echo in my brain still to this day. 
I Ben Folds is remind, an incredible. Remind us, remind us um, of the lyrics. Just. The lyrics are, did you get my other letters? Sometimes I think I ought to call because, you know, I often wonder if you open them at all. And every couple nights or so you pop into my dreams. I just can't get rid of you like you got rid of me. And to like, we're not. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he, he knows me. Like, you know, <laughs> as a kid, like you hear that and you're like, wow. And leave it to Ben Folds to hide stuff like that in songs that sound like that. Right. What a line. What a lyric. Yeah. Um, have you seen him live? No. No? Oh, no. How? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for, though. <laughs> well, the, the other two I have seen okay. live. So. <laughs> well, I saw him live once, and I just have to tell a story real quick. Please. It was, it was at Bonnaroo in 2008. I went with my, um, my now ex-wife, my daughter's mother, and my daughter, who was three at the time. Nice. And we're in a crowd of... 20,000 people and Ben Folds comes out and he makes the entire audience flip him off so he can take a picture from stage. <laughs> so somewhere out there, there's a picture of me and my daughter and Sam going. <laughs> that is excellent. I love that. Yeah. Um, what was the first music that you owned yourself? I think I think it was No Doubt. It was No Doubt? I think, I'm trying to think. I mean, if we want to go way back, like I had this. This uh, tape called uh, "Free to Be You and Me." Oh wow! Do you know what "Free to Be You and Me" is? Do you guys that's, know what that is? Yeah, that's it was, like uh, it was like way back in the day, and it, that's it like teaches soup you, with rice. yeah, Richard, it teaches you to be like back. a good person. Like, do you ever? It, it was like. Is that like like is that connected to like up with people? I'm not sure, but there were there were like little mini. I'm looking at Richard like he must know. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Free to be like the mini stories where it was like. You know, I don't know, like as a child, inspirational. Like, yeah, they were like stories that like were like culturally different than what I was used to. And like it would really it familiarized me with like other worlds that I didn't know about, you know, and it was like it was I don't know. It's a really cool little tape. Mixtapes. Yeah. Well, when I it was burned mix CDs, like burned. You yeah. Know, like yeah. Mix, mix CDs. Yeah. Was that a thing? Was oh, that yeah. Making them, receiving them. Oh, Where did you fall into those that were like love point? letters? Oh, yeah. Those were like love letters for me. So like if I made a boy a mix CD, that was a deal. Like, hey, listen, these songs remind me of you. I think you would like them. <laughs> Do you remember ever uh, handing one over and, you know, knocking someone's socks off with it or, you know. All of them. All of them. (laughs) Each and every time. No, I was such a dork. Oh, no. I was such a dork. Like, normally, like, it, it would be like a. It would be an afterthought. Like it would, I would already be like dating the boy, and gotcha. so it was like a. It was. Not... I really like you, and now I never use that as bait. <laughs> okay, <laughs> used it as affirmation. Yes, it was affirmation. Hey, man, I really dig you. Here's these these songs I like. So, um, what brought you to Florida? Oh, Tyler, my husband. Okay. Yeah, he got a job with Gartner. Um, he had, oh, okay. yeah, he'd been working for IBM, and um, in in Philly, Philly. Okay, so in Philly, and you know. It's cold up there, and Florida came calling, and we were like, that'd be cool. And he landed the job, and we've been here since. Did you, like, come down and scout the place out, or did you just say, we're going? We did. It was very secretive, too, because it was before we got married, and we weren't sure. Like, we didn't really want to tell everyone, so we came down here, I think in, like, March. We both have a birthday within the same week, so I feel like we disguised it as, like, oh, it's just a little weekend trip to Florida. We found a cheap flight, and that's kind of, like, how we veiled it, and Uh came down, checked out. 
Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Fort Myers Beach. Um, what were your first impressions? Oh, God. We were in Cape Coral first, and I was just yeah. like, wow, it's hot, and everything's like beige. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> like, none of the trees are older than 25 <laughs> like, years. What's going on? <laughs> um, which, it, and it's oddly enough, we ended up living in Cape Coral for the first two years we were here just because um, we had to rent, like, sight unseen. Like, I had to just find this listing, and uh, luckily a friend that we had down here went and looked at it for us. But, yeah, I mean – I loved Fort Myers. I loved the Fort Myers Beach. And at that point, we, uh, this is a totally other topic, but the water was cl- the clearest water I've ever seen in my whole life. When, right. we, when we came down here in 2015, I was like, I can't believe this is just the regular beach. This yeah. is incredible. So it made it easy to come down here. So where did you guys settle now? I mean, where? Now we're in downtown Fort Myers. Oh, it's you're, so you're where the good nice. stuff is. Yeah, it's yeah. so nice. We really love it. We're, we live right on the river, walking distance to everything. We're like a block away from you the Sydney like one Burn. Of the towers? I am in the little um the little apartments little. next to the Burroughs home. I'm right by the, oh, the Burroughs yeah, home. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm right yeah, in there. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, I, I live down just past the Oasis Towers. Oh, so like, oh we're I know like right exactly. there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um so you decided, okay, I'm gonna pursue my music full time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that moment? What I was do. the calculus? Do you do you remember like finally yeah. going, okay, I'm not thinking about it anymore, I'm doing it. Yeah. What was that like? So I was having um like existential crisis at work. I was just doing the barista thing. Um and I went to this is funny, I went to Fort Rock and um, went to see specifically the Eagles of Death Metal. I had never seen them before. It was it's another just strange like with Ben Folds. Like I just it just never happened. So um, we went to Fort Rock. Day one was great. Day two, that's when the Eagles were playing. Got to see them. Ended up meeting them afterwards and meeting a, a several other artists and just being around them, being all around it. I was like smitten and I was like, what? am I doing like I this is so attainable like the veil was almost lifted I'm like oh they're normal people who are just touring around the country like they're just musicians they're just human beings and it just kind of made it real for me mm-hmm. um and that was really it so were you playing music were you singing were you writing were you no doing sort that's of what's stuff so like, funny so like, you weren't no. even like, like I literally just you weren't like a closet to, musician no, no. not even a little <laughs> not even a little and Mike I have to tell you like like I really just buried all of my creative energy down down deep i kind of worked saving it up i i guess and now it's exploding and it's and it's like really exciting i don't know it's really weird i can't explain it um (laughs) when did the pink hair show up oh you know i've had pink hair since i was a kid okay so that's not like a part of your musical persona i mean i guess it is we're going purple soon by the way oh yeah 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 pink is great but i want to change it i was gray before it was like silver silver gray blue Oh, I don't know. Always short? Yeah, always short. Now, it was longer. So, like, I did my first time I went pink. I had very long hair. Um, pink for prom, uh, pink hair for prom that mm-hmm. year. It was pretty funny. Just, I was like that little, like, dorky punk rocker girl who thought she was really cool and, like, really rebel. So, how did you go from, I, I want to be a musician full time or, you know, really pursue this to pursuing it? Like, what so, was that? Who did you find? How did you. Make it was, that happen. It was Caleb Neff at Juniper Recording. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we were living, like I said, living in Cape Coral. And I literally Googled uh, recording studios okay. near me. So you so found I, him so I, through Google. And he was the closest, but also wow, like he like looked. turned out pretty good. He looked the coolest. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> so he was like less than a mile away from, from where we were living. And he had, I don't know, it was just, just everything about it, just like all signs pointed to this dude. And it was like one of those universe things where I was like, I don't know. He's, I don't know. so I sent him an email. I'm like, Hey man, listen, I, I kind of want to make some tracks, like just covers. Like I don't have anything written. I'd like to get some studio experience. Like, would you be down? 
He ends up calling me like after nine o'clock <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right. I like this guy already. Like just doesn't even care. He's into it as much as I am. And he was so receptive and like our, our relationship just kind of blossomed then. I, I was in there, I think probably the next week we docked four tunes out of the park. Um, then that helps me get a position with like a, I'm going to say like a party band. Um, is this band called Tropical Ave and they do most of their stuff up in like the Englewood area. So those tracks got me right in the door with those, with that band, which was excellent. So I got a ton of stage experience with a band, which I had never done before. I, you know, had done acoustic. What was that that first show like? That was terrifying. Oh my goodness. But it was, luckily it was just at this like little bar. Were you timid or were you able to just burst right through it? Oh, so timid. And I had like, like if you would see pictures from that day and it's not even a year ago, it's so funny. Like I have like this So that's not even a year ago? No. Wow. No, that was like. September. You've come a long way. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I know. I am. I don't have any time to waste. I am thirty years old. Oh my god! I gotta. Get, I gotta get cracking. <laughs> so that was September. I was like this, like little brown haired, like timid little babe. And then, like six months later, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this for real and for real, for real. Write some tunes. Sorry, let me back up though. I had been writing since July. So I had started writing last July after I had made those four tracks, got my confidence, got in that band. We rehearsed for like a month and then I took off with them. But then throughout this whole time, I've been writing my own music and then we recorded in January of this year. So and that's kind of And your timeline. EP is called what again? Ready for Me. And it's how many tracks? Six. And people can find it where? Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube. You got it on vinyl? Ah. I wish. Not yet. And I have, I do have like real actual hard copy CDs too. Oh, You can buy those school. on my store online. KateScales.com. <laughs> uh, next song. Yeah. What is it? <clears throat> it is Little Sister by Queens of the Stone Age. Would you like to tell a story? Yeah, I think I will. Um, just because this, I, so I'm a huge Queens of the Stone Age fan. Um, Joshua Hami is, is, he's a little bit of a, he's a little bit of a rock star, a little rock star persona. He's not had the greatest, uh, a positive uh, position in the media lately, but I, I don't know. He's I still love him. Um, and this tune, I've seen them five times. They've played it every single time. I've seen them. It's amazing every time. This song was a ringtone when it was polyphonic before we even had real ringtones. Right. Um, Beep, boop, boop. And I, think I, cho- I chose it because, <laughs> yeah. So I chose it because there is a story. So the last time we went to see Queens was... Darn it. I don't know. A couple months ago. I was so sick. I was not even, not even trying to get out of bed. Tyler gets home from work. He's like, get up, drink some water. I don't care. We're going. You're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. So I was furious, like st- stewing in the car the whole way. Like yeah. two, Screw two hours. Screw you for making me go see Yeah, like <laughs> two hours, 20 minutes. I'm like, it's hot. Wait, like Tampa? I'm sick. No, it was Miami. Oh, it was the Miami. Other, the other two hours. Yeah, yeah, the other one. <laughs> So we get there, and I'm just, like, still, like, harumph, grumbles, you know. Um, but it's it's lawn seating, and it's a small venue. So, okay, we're winning. I'm like, great. I have a blanket. I'm just going to, like, lay it down. I get comfy, and it ends up being literally the best show I've ever seen them play. So I don't want to leave. I do not want to leave. Were you still feeling crappy? Oh, or did horrible. You, but know. I pulled through. I just kept drinking water, just kept myself positive and just, you know. And again, like we were like in the far back, so there wasn't any like cigarette smoke or any, you know, it was nice. So we just chilled. So at this point, I like really have to like use the restroom and like we're good. We're good like halfway through the show at this point. 
And I'm like, babe, I'm going to go. I'm just going to risk it. Like, I, I can't remember what song was ending. I'm like, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to just fly over there. I'll see you in a second. He's like, okay, cool. So I start going, running. Thank God they're taking like a bit of a good break in the middle of like songs. And like the this tune starts like very specifically with like this like cowbell sound. <laughs> and I hear that one, two, three, four. And I have never stopped so fast in my tracks and I like it was like I hit a brick wall and I like immediately stop and I like scream like you know GD and as I do it like there's this gentleman like right here like on my left hand side who sees this whole process happen and I and he laughed so hard at me but was like yeah girl I get it get there get back to your seat you know what I mean (laughs) so like that's how much this tune means to me like I have bronchitis I'm like running to a bathroom running which again I, sh- I don't do anyways and this tune comes on and that's how much i love queens i flip around get back to tyler as quick as possible and it was so cute you know he's like oh i'm so glad you came back i knew you were going to be so upset so sorry you little, didn't, little you rambly didn't didn't, didn't pee your pants or anything i didn't because then the next song they played was six 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 and i hate that song oh, I, perfect. It's so perfect so i was like oh thank the lord and then i was able to what know. was the venue oh um the bass side of Bayside Arena. It's it's this really cool like open venue right on the right on the water. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna imagine that. <laughs> so as imagine we that. To. This is Little Sister by Queens of the Stone Age from their 2005 album Lullabies to Paralyze. You know, the cool thing is because of the way music and memory works and what we're tapping into here, like next time you see them live, you're going to think of that story. <laughs> and from now on, whenever we hear this song, we're going to think of that story. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll think of this time, too. And just, you know. I know. It's crazy oh, how amazing. that works. Richard was in New York City for a, a family vacation with his wife, and he sends me a message as a text of a selfie of himself video like can you hear the music in the background and it was Bob's first song Bob Grissinger's first song which Richard didn't even recognize from being out in the wild he like heard it and he was at this place like a noodle (laughs) house in New York City and he's like I recognize this song (laughs) from this show so that's that's all all of it it was Marvin Gaye right yeah 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 yeah, nice Um, what bands or musicians most inspire you okay so Queens of the Stone Age Um, maybe so so yeah and that's a huge reason why I also chose this tune this has just been like one of my top favorites of theirs you know forever but um, yeah Queens is a huge inspiration for me just because his guitar riffs are so strange and the the melodies that he sings are so haunting Mm -hmm. Um, so love him Um, and vocally Lady Gaga is a huge inspiration for me. Um, And I listened to a lot of her when I was recovering Mm -hmm. back in 2009. Um, I know this is so goofy, but the the song Just Dance, like that that was like, that kept me sane. I know that's really funny, but it's like sometimes you just need some pop music to (laughs) to make you feel better. You know what I mean? We are judgment free here. (laughs) Um, I I know that I've talked about No Doubt a hundred times, but No Doubt is a huge inspiration for me. The Beatles, I love how Beatles can write, they wrote like four songs in one. You know, yeah, so yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, no, it's like it's just like their process is like it just blows me away. I'm like, and also the the small amount of time, like how they grew from like A to B, like yeah. when they were when they and first they, started to where they were, like. It just does make sense. And they were using just such rudimentary tools to right. put it all together right. that to hear it now is just yeah. like, yeah. you guys came, you, somebody beamed you in from right. another planet or something. Exactly. And I just, it, that's, you know, 
it makes it feel like I can do it too. <laughs> exactly. Well, amen to that. Yeah. Um, uh, how much music do you listen to around the house, and how do you listen to it? Uh, vinyl. We have a lot. Uh, Tyler and I have a, a large vinyl collection, um, and I have maybe a mild addiction to it as well. Because now that I live a block right and a half away from, from Joe's, yeah, Joe's, I'm there like know. almost. <laughs> You're a regular yeah. at Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a great dude. Um, so vinyl um, and really, I mean, and then, you know, on my phone. Um, I, we st- I stream a lot of the local music on Spotify and iTunes. Do you have uh, like Bluetooth speakers around the house? We do. Or, yeah? We do. Are you yeah. streaming vinyl to that or are no, you? No, that we have like a stereo. It's very old school. Gotcha. Yeah. It's an old Stanton. Um, yeah. It's a nice little setup. Do you have a got. go-to Pandora channel? Do you use Pandora? Pandora? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I do use Pandora. I, it's kind of a cheat because I like, you know how that you can like, make your own channel a little uh-huh. bit after a certain point but normally i will plug in like 90s anything Mm-mm. hip-hop to alt you know whatever alt rock um and a love funk man james brown radio is one of the best stations on pandora so mm. yeah um i was gonna ask you when was the last time you bought music that had a physical form but mm. i know you do <laughs> so what was the last music you bought that had physical this is form? so this needs to stop i just bought no doubt tragic kingdom on vinyl okay so I just, okay now like, i'm gonna try to think of three or four different ways I'm to so get no sorry. doubt out of your mouth oh my god <laughs> let's so that and then also alice in chains unplugged okay oh that's such a um, uh, do you have any album? <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. Do you have any albums that you will always listen to all the way through without even skipping a track? I'm not going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. It might be one of them. Um, the <clears throat> Lullabies to Paralyze, great, great record. Um, as well as Rated R. That's another one of the queens of the Stone Age records that I listen to top to bottom. Um, and this is a newer album, but I don't know if you've heard Humans by the Gorillas. I know. I'm familiar with Gorillas, but it's not. It's like 29 tracks. Really? It's 29, like, bona fide tracks? I mean, now, like, no. Like, it'll be like a 30-second here. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they have these bizarre little, like, song like fillers. Like, yeah, they're really, it's a really cool, and there are easily over 10 different featured artists on that, um, like, really really cool so that you listen to because it's fluid like i can't you can't really skip around because they have those little middle tracks that kind of like glue yeah, the yeah. songs together you know so i've been really into that lately um and we might be right back to where we started here mm-hmm. but let's talk about songs to bands that almost made it onto your list of three what would be your fourth was there a fourth that you had to kick off the island right at the end well i wanted to do um, spirit in the sky by norman greenbaum mm. he, why i didn't do it is because that was my first dance that was our wedding song oh and, I, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and, and you you abided by I abided the bylaws because the there wasn't a special story that's just a great tune um i guess it's weird that that's a wedding song but um i think yeah that is pretty neat for wedding songs i it, mean we, we just couldn't decide on one and i was like babe we love like that's our tune like i know it has nothing to do with love or whatever but like that's our tune how did it become your tune it was one of those songs that i always had on my ipod <laughs> throwback that Tyler and I are driving around because we lived when we lived in Kutztown together our apartment was very far off campus it was good like 15 minutes and that was one of those tunes that like we would put on get in the car put on and then drive home and like that was such a good driving song yeah it's got like momentum yeah Yeah. it's an excellent song so made it nice nice and pretty in the back roads so what would be your other fourth song minus Uh, your wedding song um slippery people by the talking heads oh okay yeah off of uh stop making sense What's the 30-second version of that story? Oh, just that I – I um, 
kind of another thing, like bouncing around the back roads of Kutztown, listening to music in cars. Um, Stop Making Sense, that was my first introduction to the Talking Heads. And I was like, where have I been? I felt <laughs> so like I only knew burning down the house. Like, and right. I just like, I don't, I don't like that song. I'm sorry. I don't. Um, so I never really gave them a chance until somebody popped in, stopped making sense. And I was like, what is wrong the, with have me? Have you seen the movie? Yes. And oh, so yeah. then, so then I saw the movie and I was like hooked for life and slippery people. The reason I love that song so much is the energy in that song in the movie is like, oh, I felt like I was right there. Goosebumps. I have to see that again. It's yeah. been too long. Um, what was your first concert? You mentioned that you got to see a lot of concerts when you were a kid. Do you remember which one was first? My first was, I want to say, the Lilith Fair. Do you know what that is? It was I, back I, in the 90s. Yeah, it's like, it was like it's a like girl, girl, power girl power festival, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, some yeah. like some... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think like uh, Indigo Girls, Indigo Girls. And like, that's Sa- it was, was Sarah McLachlan. It was Sarah McLachlan's yeah. festival. So I saw like Cheryl Crow. In the love arms of the Cheryl angels. Crow. Oh, stop! You're gonna make me think of all the dogs that need to be adopted. <laughs> I don't even know why now. I said that, but it came out. <laughs> now I'm crying. Great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was like Sarah McLachlan, Sean Colvin, Cheryl yeah, Crow, like that, like those, her. those, ba- those ladies, those strong female warriors. Like the, I think that was the first show. I'd ever seen um, Indigo Girls and then Ani DeFranco. So, like, my parents, like, again, like, that was something they really clicked on was, like, folk, angry lady folk. <laughs> Social justice folk. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which I'm glad I was exposed to. Yeah. Um, craziest concert experience? Who? Um, crazy how? I don't know. You uh, can find crazy. Craziest concert experience was probably when I saw Paul McCartney. Live, um, we scored tickets from a friend from a friend who had a friend who could get us these seats on the field. So it was Sounds at, shady. It was so shady, but also we we were we were in. So whatever, it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> um, no, it's a guy that works for um, Tate Towers, which is a company that like designs stages for big acts. So blah blah. Um, so we get we get in, and the seats are on the field at uh, Yankee Stadium. Ridiculous and. We ended up, not only was it an incredible show, we ended up meeting like a bunch of celebrities that night. And I had never met famous people before. And they were all really nice. It was it was Kiefer Sutherland wow. and Ryan Gosling, which actually that just popped up a picture of him. And I just popped up on my Facebook the other day. It's so cute. Uh, Emma Stone was there. Jason Sudeikis is he Sansari. It was like and really met, ra- like, like met, met like, like talked talk to, to them like they were normal, real people. And like that, it was just so bizarre. Like I really, I've never gotten into like a fight at a show. Like I've not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm a, I'm well, no, fairly, I I, yeah, I'm not necessarily calm. looking for like, you know, when you took too much acid, <laughs> like Stick Martin did, you'll hear that one later. Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think that's probably it. That was just so bizarre. Um, maybe when I saw Lady Gaga for the first time and before the show started, she had these like really bizarre, uh, videos playing of her getting like vomited on Hmm. (laughs) i've never felt so uncomfortable like legit video of her it was a woman like vomiting like paint onto her like it was this really strange like art piece that gaga was doing it wasn't bile yeah Yeah, no it was like paint but still it was like wow what am i seeing right now that really was like bizarre that was in like 2010 or 11 maybe uh, what was the farthest you've ever traveled for a concert? California. We just did it. So oh, okay. So um, we okay. So Queens of the Stone Age and the Eagles of Death Metal. They're kind of intertwined. Josh, who is the frontman for Queens, plays drums and writes with Jesse in the Eagles of Death Metal. They never play together. 
And they were playing a couple of shows over in California earlier this year in January. And I saw these tickets. They were ridiculously cheap. And I found fair flights. (laughs) And I just bought it all. I was like, hey, babe, we're going. Sorry, I love you. But it's great because then we got to check out like Los Angeles and and see all. First time out there on the coast. Yeah, it was. Well, I've been to Palm Springs before, but I've never been. No, never been to L.A. So we went to L.A., Santa Monica, did all the all the cool stuff. What's your uh, What was your take on L.A. That just that whole there's you know there's a very it's got a flavor. Oh, it's a a flavor. All right, I love it. I loved it. Yeah, Yeah. I would say that it. I you know I was only there for thirty six hours, so I really can't give you a full. uh, You know, first impressions. Yeah, I mean, first impressions. I loved it. I'm I'm a city person for sure. Um, loved Philadelphia and I miss it terribly. Um, yeah, LA just seems really, really cool. I really dig the scenery as well. I love that I'm in a, in a city, but also mountains right there. Oh it's yeah, really yeah, cool. And the ocean's right over and there, the ocean's and the right desert's there. right over there. there. I know. And then if I want to go skiing, I can too. Like, yeah. What a crazy state. No, absolutely. So yeah. Okay, we're moving on to song okay. three. Sounds good. Let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. I think so. Okay. okay. This is a. Uh, You've referred to this woman several times. Mm-hmm. This is a Diamond Heart by Lady Gaga. Diamond Heart. I think the story with this tune is just this was another one of the reasons why I wanted to start making music. So this album came out and it's recently, recently, yeah. yeah. And it was so I think 2016, like mm-hmm. right at the tail end, and it was so different from anything I had heard her do. And it was like. What, what is this a rock country album like what is going on and every every song is just so cool um this first track really spoke to me just the the content and the lyrics it's about you know a, a, her trying to make it big and get past the jerks in the industry and blah 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 you know and and so I relate to it on that. I mean, I'm not like trying to, I don't know, you know, I relate to it on that level where like people suck sometimes and like you're just trying to do your thing and like just trying to like make your music and like not listen to what people say or like try to like, you know, sexualize you or whatever. But, you know, I, so I relate to it on that level a little bit. Um, and I, I, I was looking in the liner notes of this album and who do you think? Wrote this song with her. The No Doubt Chick. No, it's oh. Joshua Hami from <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age. So, so again, like, so I listened to this record like through and through and through and through. So he, he got and I'm right, coming he back to the song. This. Yes, and so, but I had no idea. So I keep coming back to this tune, and I'm like, you know, I think Diamond Heart is my favorite. It's so weird. I don't know why. I think Diamond Heart's my favorite song. So there's some That's interesting. There. And like, I go and like, so I look through, and here it is. Like Joshua Hami's like a he wrote he wrote the tune with her, and it was just like okay. Wow. Like, what is happening here? Like, there's just something about the universe bringing, like, my two favorites in the whole world together to make this tune. Like, this is just very special for me. And it's like a motivator. Like, how cool is it that I want to work with them? I'm going to write a song with the two of them. That's my goal. You know what I mean? Like, that's how this song makes me feel. Um, And then also, when we saw her, the the last time I saw her, it would be my third time, was back last year in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is what she opened with. And I bawled like a baby. I bawled. Like, I don't know what happened. I just didn't yeah. expect that this tune would be the one that she opened with. Like, I figured she would have gone A little bit more but... magic on top of the magic, So, right? yeah. Oh. You know, so there's, it's just so magical. <clears throat> she opens with this tune. And this was, like, kind of in the process where I'm starting to write. I'm starting to, like, feel good. Like, you know, wow, I think my music career thing is going to happen. So she plays this tune, makes me feel even more connected to her. And then later in the evening when she sang Edge of Glory, which is one of the songs that I did with Caleb 
the first time around that I oh, was, when you so did your, like, that demo. was like my like let me sing a ballad here's how I can sing a ballad yeah, for you yeah. and I did this like really soft piano version of Edge of Glory so she that's what she does live and it's just beautiful every time so she she does Edge of Glory live knocks it out of the ballpark and then sits there and proceeds to like tell us all in the stadium like if you have a light inside of you you need to let it shine you know and i'm sure she gives this speech at every i don't care because it spoke to me and again so i'm weeping again and she's just talking about you know let the light shine because somebody's bound to see it sometime you know and i just love her she's just so wonderful (laughs) uh lydia black on this show one of her songs was uh, this little light of mine which has been her song since she was a kid because that's what she tries to do in every moment and i've known lydia for a long time and as soon as i heard that i'm like and that makes such perfect sense now i understand yes can i tell you my lady gaga story please it's not really my story (laughs) but i you know i don't really listen to pop music at all. That's okay. You know, I mean, it, 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 whatever. All I knew was she was like the meat dress chick. Oh, right, right, right? yeah, yeah. And I don't know how, <laughs> but one night on YouTube, I found this video of her at like a talent show in college playing piano, and her name was Stephanie. And she's got black hair. Yeah, and I was just like, holy cow, who is this woman? So you're familiar with that video. And that, yeah, I am. That's, that's where all of a sudden it, it reframed all everything mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I'm maybe not going to go out and buy her album, but I'm going to appreciate her. See, and that's the thing. You've got to appreciate her. If you don't like what she does, what she wears, that's totally fine. I get it. I was able to see right through all of that immediately because her her songs are so hard to sing. She, like, in a way taught me how to sing and breathe correctly. Like, I can hear that she does not take vocal breaks. Like, in these long phrases, in, in Diamond Hearts specifically, you you hear that and you're like, yeah, but she does it all in one breath, you know, and like I'll use her tunes to like train myself like for like my tune Daughter of the Devil. That's what I wail during that one. And there's this like huge roundup in it and I have no room to take a breath or it'll ruin it. It'll ruin it. You can't break that phrase. She taught me that. <laughs> the, I don't listen to pop music. And the other thing I don't do is watch football. No, I don't either. But I watched the halftime performance oh. of hers. Have you heard the, the isolated, isolated vocals? vocal track? Of course I have. I have to tell you something. I, I brought my daughter. I'm like, you got to listen to this because that that was my next like, okay, holy cow. No, it's – she's unreal. I mean, she's like running around on that stage. She's in a harness. Like she's, she's playing getting, a guitar. She's, she's being picked up by one of her dancers and her vocals are – can I tell you something crazy? Oh, yeah. Are you guys ready? Are you ready for something crazy? I have a Lady Gaga tattoo. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how much I love her. Is it like, what it's does it American, look like? It's an American traditional portrait. <laughs> it's an American traditional portrait what does of, that mean? of the cover of Joanne. Oh, okay. So it's her in the pink hat <laughs> with some flowers around her and it's on my shoulder. It's beautiful. It's very, it's very tastefully done. My brother did it for me. So my other Lady Gaga story... <laughs> Is just earlier today, I told Richard that Lady Gaga story, and he says, you have to watch this. Have you seen the trailer for the new movie? <gasps> oh, my God, A Star is Born. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't wait. I can't either. <laughs> She's just amazing. She is such an inspiration to me. Like, that's just, I. she just does what she wants, and she's really good at it all, and she's doing it the right way. I mean, as far as I can tell, I'm not. And know. it's got uh, uh, Dave Chappelle and Andrew Dice Clay I in know. It. <laughs> And Bradley Cooper, he's really nice to look at, too. Who is he? I, I don't... He's I don't, from Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, and, and, I've uh, heard of it. 
I didn't those other I, movies. I, I, I like kept think I kept trying to make him into other American people. Sniper. Uh, Mike, Mike, he's here's rocket. yeah, you'll, he's Rocket in he's the raccoon in Guardians. Oh, yeah. he's yeah. Okay, he's okay, rocket. there That's we right. go. He's Thanks rocket. for bringing it back into my realm, Richard. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, let's move on from Lady Gaga. Amazing. Um, what's the most daring thing you've ever done because of music? <clears throat> or maybe it's be- trying to become a full-time musician. I would say, uh, yeah, trying to do it myself is the most daring thing I've ever done for music. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever really... I've. I'm so obedient. <laughs> I'm so obedient. <laughs> I'm really trying to like rack my brain. Like, when were you a little jerk? Um, I mean, I definitely did not get backstage uh, legally at Fort Rock. I'll tell you that much right now. I just kind of like slunk by. I heard the if you carry a clipboard, you can go anywhere you want. Honestly, I was like, I, I was like, hey, uh, do you need anything? <laughs> like, and a friend of mine was like on the other side, and and Danny, and he's like, oh no, yeah, just come on, just come on over, and like me and. To uh, Tyler and Danny's wife, like, because Danny got back and Danny just was like, Yeah, these are my friends. And the guy was like, I don't, I don't care. Fine, whatever. And so we just, like, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing to be telling anyone. It was pretty daring. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. whatever. <laughs> um, uh, what's the band uh, or musician that you've most recently discovered uh, that has entered your circle of understanding? Howl and Wolf. Howl and Wolf? Howl and Wolf. He's an old blues Howl and Wolf. Okay. Yeah. Never knew him before, which is, you know, strange. I guess he was just buried in there. But man, oh, man, wonderful. Yeah. Um, what is the album that you would choose if you only had one to listen to? Uh, no Doubt Tragic Kingdom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, cripes. Um, one album I would listen to if uh, – Wow, that is such a good question. Oh, my God. Probably Revolver uh, okay. by the Beatles. That might be the second person who's Are you serious? That. Yeah, I think, I think so. We'll, what a great... We'll wait till DB, DP brings us the data. If it's already chosen, then I, cho- <clears throat> then I choose Rubber Soul. <laughs> okay. Can you recommend a band that you're a fan of that you don't think our listeners would know? And if you can, uh, then compare them to maybe somebody they would know. Hmm. Um... I would say, who have I been listening to lately that's weird? Well, I'm listening to a lot of local music right now, which is really cool. That's kind of flooding flooding everything. Um, and I love that we have local music uh, to listen to. It's so wonderful. It makes me happy. I know. Um, honestly, like a lot of people don't know who the Eagles of Death Metal are, and that name turns a lot of people away because they are the furthest thing from from Death Metal. It's like rockabilly, Nor rock are and they roll. Eagles? No, they're not the, the Eagles either. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like this rockabilly, fast rock and roll, like really just really fun stuff to dance to and sing along to. Um, and they are probably similar to like I don't know Stray Cats, not as swingy um, and like dirtier. If that makes sense. But like same energy, that high energy. So, yeah. Um, any chance you're going to ever do a cover of uh, um, what was the 
your first song memory, you were singing uh, Tin Roof, Love Shack. Love Shack. <laughs> so I actually did do, that was one of the songs that we did with the party band. Oh, okay. And it was so cool for me. And thank God we did that on my first night because once we got to that track, I was like, okay, Kate, you've been doing this since you were three years old. Like, would you just have fun? So I have covered that song and it is so fun. Um, is there a song you will always turn off if it comes on the radio for whatever reason? I will never listen to Black Velvet. I hate that song so much. Why? I just, ugh. Just, ugh. It makes me, like, want to cry. It sounds like nails on a chalk bar. Like, it's just. Come on, give us a little bit no, more. No. No. No, because I can sing it. You know I can. But I will not. So was there a point in time when you could listen to it? Then? No, I just always hated that song. Like, it's one of those weird things where, like, it would just, I'm like, ugh hate this tune it has it has nothing to do with anything it's not like it was playing while i got like an f on a test like it's right. like it's just, just i hate that song sucks <laughs> um is, is if you could choose any uh musician or band alive or dead and perform on stage with them who would it be Jimi hendrix yeah mm-hmm. i want to wail over that guitar man oh man that would be cool <laughs> um well, that's it. Unless cool. you have any final thoughts. No, this was wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, this has been great. I really appreciate Good. it. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> we create three song stories in the WGCU studios on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. The show is produced, directed, and co-created by Richard Chin Kui. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme music was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. Hey, listeners, parting tunes, your song stories. We want them. Once you've got one, you want to share, just send it to my song story at wgcu.org and we'll do the rest. But this week, my parting tune takes me back to early June of this year in this studio. Kate Scales was performing live on Gulf Coast Live with Caleb Neff. They were doing a pared down acoustic set. Richard was busy with something else that day, so I was running the board live mixing their performances, which while not something I'm completely unfamiliar with, it was something I hadn't done in a long time. As a matter of fact, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to Caleb for not getting his harmony mixed in the first time round. Anyway, this is Saw It Coming, performed live in the WGCU Talk Studio by Kate Scales and Caleb Neff. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. to eat I know you think I taste so sweet Oh, you were some mighty fine company But I got my own life to keep I saw it coming I saw it coming I saw it coming I saw it
next time on Three Song Stories. How much success did you have to have as a filmmaker before you finally went, thank goodness I didn't go to medical school? Well, I went to see my dentist two weeks ago. <laughs> I told him I was pre-med. <laughs> and he said, you almost went to medical school. And then he tells everyone in the office, he almost went to medical school. Like, I was like, hey, can you believe this guy? So you're guy? still waiting for that moment is what you're saying. <laughs>